0: on this
1: week's episode of Marketing O'Clock.
0: Good news for bad advertisers. You can now opt into auto-applied recommendations in Google Ads.
2: Move over Lady Gaga. We've got a new (laughs) analytics tool on the edge.
0: (laughs) And Facebook Ads closes the door, I mean window, on 28-day attribution. Greg delivers no less than two fiery rants with plenty of spicy Slim Jim flavored dragon's breath.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am in my full business costume for all you YouTubers out there.
1: And speaking of costumes, find out what Glenn Gabe is going to be for Halloween.
2: All
3: on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles and please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode
0: hey there i'm christine zurnheld
3: aka shep
0: i'm jess budd
2: and i'm greg Fenn.
0: and it is officially marketing o'clock here on
1: october 2nd 2020 remember you can catch our famous friday news show each and every friday morning
2: all your digital marketing news from the week
1: powered by the digital marketing community and if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spooky Season on Marketing O'Clock. Um, <laughs> if you guys are blessed by watching the YouTube stream, it looks like Jess has a special friend this week. What I is do. going on there? So,
1: I'm ready for Halloween. It is officially October. I'm not waiting any longer. I've got this cool witch that came from my husband Chris's grandmother's house. It's old school. I don't have it plugged in, but it's one of those like slow moving, creepy animated things. And then I have a little pumpkin with bright LED lights that I'm not turning on. And then I also have my Dragon's Breath mug with me. It's for those that are listening, it is orange and white and with a black label that says
0: Dragon's Breath on it. Oh, I heard Greg had Dragon's Breath today because all he ate was a Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: all I had today. That's uh, hot, a spicy Slim Jim. That's it. So That's,
0: that's disgusting. Amazing. Well, that's beautiful, Jess. I'm so happy for you that we're in this
1: season. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy too. And I have to say, speaking of this season, I did listen to the show that you guys did last week without me. So it took me six days, not one and a half weeks for <laughs> Greg's uh, prediction. And I'm just so happy that skulls got brought up. I have to also show you for those that are watching and not listening, the pants that I was wearing yesterday as I listened to the show covered in skulls. So oh man, I like to shop with skulls and Sorry, Mark, but uh, Ben Franklin didn't have wood teeth. It was George Washington. So that's why no one laughed at your joke last
0: week. <laughs> Sad, he's not even here to defend himself. And no, okay. Greg is in the spirit too. He's in his business costume. I'm
1: in mean, my What's business
3: costume. There? I had my
2: first in-person <laughs> meeting. Like I've got like pants and everything on and like, like a human being, my wife looked at me this morning and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I, I have some in-person meeting. I don't even know what to do anymore. So I did that, successful, and I'm still still kicking here. So what about you, Shep?
0: Um, I just, I guess I wanted to follow up and say pumpkin empanadas are disgusting. Mm. Um, I had a terrible situation this weekend. People don't know about this. This about me makes me really unpopular, but I don't eat swine. Um, and I had an incident this weekend. My brother was at my house, and he spilled bacon grease all over the bottom of my oven, which is just the worst adult problem at all, of all time. I tried to clean it. There's this baking soda trick. Now the oven's just dirty with baking soda instead of baking grease. And it's terrible. And that's my spooky season. And that's a bad start. Do,
2: yeah. d- let's be honest. Do you not eat swine to say that you don't eat swine?
0: I just think it's so gross. I think bacon smells terrible. Everyone thinks it smells good. I don't get it.
2: You should have left it in there. Get a little bacon hint all the food coming out of there.
0: Oh, I did. It was the entire kitchen was smoky, and he's just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay. everything that you're bacon from now on is going to smell like swine.
0: Yeah, seriously. Well, if you're like me and you have a grievance to air or a spicy take to share, anything you want to get off your chest, We want to hear it. Our phone lines are now open. You can visit call.marketingoclock.com and leave us a message and you just might hear your voice on the show next week. And we have a special voicemail coming up later in our social. And don't forget,
1: you can see our smiling faces over on YouTube. You can catch the full show or just grab the main news in bite-sized bits with our Marketing O'Clock minis. You'll find it all on the Search Engine Journal channel. That's Search Engine Journal, one word with no spaces. So come and check out my Halloween decor.
2: And in big, big news, there is another SEJ eSummit summit happening, and it's happening in 2021. So the E-Summit last year was the, I I might go out on a limb and just say it was the conference of the season. And this year, it is a two-day event, January 12th to January 13th, 2021. And you can get early bird tickets now, by heading on over to searchenginejournal.com forward slash s e j e summit, and you might just like what you see on the agenda have you looked at the agenda I mm-hmm. have hey it is an all- star cast which I am excited about but did you see what was happening January 12th at 2 10 pm
1: no Grace, tell what's me. happening
2: there's Marketing o'clock live with co host Christine, AKA Shep Zernheld, Jessica Budd, Mark Saltarelli, and myself. I mean, so exciting! Worth 75 bucks just for that. But don't miss it. It's going to be the conference of the year, even though there'll only be like 11 days, and it's going to make it through the entire rest of the year. It's going to be the totally. best one. So head on over to Marketing Clock to get that direct link, and you'll be able to see our smiling faces there too. And-
0: First up in the news this week, spooky season indeed, we have a tweet from Ani at Ani on Twitter. He shared an email that he received from Google Ads. <laughs> it says at the top, we'd like to share an update. We're always working to improve auto-applied recommendations to help set you up for success. We wanted to make sure you are aware of the following updates, which will go into effect on October 1st. 2020. So it looks like this is like these automated recommendations are like split into two tiers. And if you opt in, they'll be auto applied. I I looked into a little bit and it's honestly just terrifying. And I don't want to experiment with it at all to know more. Uh, But the the point of the story is this is terrible.
2: Do you need to opt into it? I thought it was going to be automatically applied to certain campaigns.
0: For You have to opt in to auto-applied recommendations and then they'll be auto-applied without you giving it permission.
2: So So you should check and make sure what you are right now.
0: Yes. That's the biggest takeaway from the story. Like I'm not even going to tell you how to turn it on. Just turn it off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So in this tweet thread, um, Doug Thomas on Twitter at Firkin Gambubo. I'm going to forgive him for letting making me say that twitter handle because he did figure out how to turn these off he has a link for <laughs> the auto applied recommendation center in the google partners dashboard that you can log into and it has all of your list of your clients in your mcc and it says whether or not it's turned on and off um right there so to sleep better at night we will put that in the show notes it's very nice but it's interesting the things they're recommending in here so they say that he's opted into auto-applied recommendations right now. And it's gonna set target ROAS for maximize conversion value, um, improve RDA ad strength. Then it says keyword match type best practice. <laughs> and like, we were all speculating as to what that could mean. And of course, PPC Greg to the rescue, Greg of the year. He has a screenshot of this in his account. And it says in his recommendations that equates to changing exact to phrase and phrase to broad, of course.
2: Uh, That is so disingenuous to say that that is keyword match type best practice. If you surveyed everybody that used Google ads, not one person that was not a novice would say best practice is to broaden things. Now, let's say Let's broaden things and hide the terms. Absolutely nobody in their right mind would say this. And it is, you you understand why there's such vitriol for Google Ads where they're saying, we're going to auto change to keyword match type best practice. And by doing that, you think, oh, maybe they're going to do something that narrows it in. No, no, this isn't narrowing anything. You're turning phrase to broad. If what PPC Greg, maybe Greg of the year, we'll have to see how that turns out, It's <laughs> right. That is so dangerous. That is so dangerous. And He's I just gotta don't be know right. what they're doing.
0: I mean, what, I'm not surprised though, sadly. He's totally right. That's gotta be what it is. And they have these broken up into like different goals, enhanced coverage. It's, it's just so annoying the way they like word things to try to make it sound like they're good for people and they're not. Maximize impact. Like, what does that even mean? We're just going to auto-apply recommendations to maximize impact. Get rid of this.
2: I, I just don't know if people out there that don't do paid all the time know how catastrophic turning every phrase match term in your campaign to broad matches. I cannot even imagine the poor souls out there that turn this on and think that there's some type of best practice. And in reality, it's Google going and looking at their stock price and using best practice off of that. It's, this is truly despicable.
1: So there's no treat part for this, but it's a good trick, I feel. If I can convince you to make your phrase match keyword into a broad match keyword, then it doesn't matter if I'm doing awful matching that you don't even see because you made the mistake. You made your keyword broad. I did that right? Maybe Google's I, just I, trying to cover, well, no, not me. Wait, did but you a think new job? Thinking. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Go work for Google? I did go a- work for Satan if we want to stick with the Jeez. Halloween theme.
0: <laughs> you're off for one week and you're over to
1: the dark side. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Maybe they're just trying to trick people into doing stupid things with their ad accounts so that the onus isn't all on them when they do stupid things. I don't know. It's not smart. It's not good. But that's
2: evil. That's totally. evil.
1: It is Totally. Evil. Not saying and it's I- not.
2: I gotta get I gotta get a hold of your husband Chris and see if you're out at Mountain View last week. I don't know what you where you were. <laughs> All right. Well, next up is some good news. In case you were looking for an alternative to Google Analytics, there is a new tool. which it's actually? It's really in addition to a previous tool that Cloudflare offered, and it is their free analytics tool. And it is focused on privacy. Cloudflare goes on to say that there are free analytics tools out there, but they come at a cost. Not money, but your users' privacy. Today, we're announcing a brand new privacy-first analytics service that's open to everyone, even if they're not already a Cloudflare customer. And this comes from John Levin, Product Manager of Data and Analytics. And one thing John said was Cloudflare's business has never been built around tracking users or selling advertising. We don't want to know what you do on the internet. It's not our business. And I like that because with all the, the social documentaries out there, it's good to know that Cloudflare is not like Instagram from Facebook that wants to watch me take a poop, you know? Like Jess, that was your <laughs> quote, I believe you said last.
1: last <laughs> That's not an exact quote, but yeah.
2: Well, anyway, you're going to be able to see top host names, URLs, countries, and other critical metrics, um, including status codes, which is something you may not actually see in Google Analytics, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, And as I said, you could have some limited analytics before, but this is a big expansion. One of the things that I loved the most was that you can drag to Zoom on a specific timeframe. So if you're looking at your charts and graphs, you can just select a certain time and it locks right in on it. Google Analytics is better than Google Ads, but I still always have trouble for some reason getting the right timeframes to to match. And we've got some clients where we're always looking quarter over quarter and specific year over year. And it's, you can't just go year over year. You gotta get that Monday and the Sunday to, to Saturdays and everything. So this is a really nice thing where you can see a problem and zoom in. Additionally, you can group by different dimensions. So, there's a great GIF slash video that they've got there showing it in action. And it's something that you definitely want to check out. Another reason to consider it, even if you are happy with Google Analytics, is because Google Analytics, as we know, uses JavaScript and browser data. Um, and Cloudflare uses both edge data. So, you know, before it makes it back out to the browser and they're trying to use browser data with this new version. So one of the problems with Google Analytics is if a page doesn't load because it's a, let's say it's an error or it's forbidden and there's no Google Analytics on that page, you're not gonna know it. So this is another reason to test this out if you want to um, because it uses edge data to start and is trying to work on integrating more browser data. So if you are interested, head on over to marketingclock.com to see it in action.
1: Um, Next in the news from Facebook ads, the 28-day attribution window is going away soon, like October 12th, two weeks from now, really, really soon. So this is due to unspecified privacy initiatives that are coming that Facebook says will, quote, Limit businesses' ability to measure people's interactions across domains and devices. Among those limitations is the ability for businesses to attribute conversion events back to an ad over longer attribution windows. So if you're wondering whether this impacts you, if you're wondering, then it probably does. For those that don't know, Facebook can measure results using one seven or 28 day attribution window and the default is 28. So unless you've physically gone in and changed that, this setting. Uh, to a smaller window, then your account is going to be impacted. You're using the 28, you're using the current default if you haven't changed that. So number one, that is going to change on the 12th. That will go away. The new default will be seven days, but also the historical data that is tied to the 28 day window is also going to go away as of the 12th. So Facebook recommends that you download your performance data now so you have it. I'd recommend that too. I think that's good advice. You're going to want that data. And something else that I ship is using the compare windows feature in Facebook and Susan Winograd suggested this in her article on search engine journal. So we'll have a screenshot in the show notes as well for how you can do this. But Facebook ads right now allows you to compare two different conversion windows. So you can look at the current 28 day window versus the seven, which again will be the new default and get an idea of what to expect as far as how performance might change in your account and you can start planning for that. So Facebook has stressed that moving to a seven day window is a more realistic view of ad performance anyway. So I guess that's good, but it, it's true, right? Like a lot can happen in 28 days. We've all seen that movie where so you can wake up 28 days later and the world is a different place, right? So maybe seven is a better window. Yeah. I don't know if they're technically zombies though, right? Have yeah, either of you actually seen it? I thought yeah, they were good. just like
2: humans. you never seen that movie? Humans.
1: I think I have.
2: Jess, you've it's never scary. seen this?
1: No, I've seen it. Film. It was a long time ago, but isn't it like they're alive. They just have a virus and they rage like zombies, but they're not dead. They're yeah, not like it's the guy
2: from Peaky Blinders, right?
1: Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good film, if I remember. Very suspenseful. But like I said, a lot can happen in 28 days. So a smaller attribution window fine with that could happen to anybody,
4: right? You guys just, you're not
1: in the Halloween mood with me. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, we're always complaining about 2020, but we shouldn't forget that there were some good things that happened this year, like free organic Google shopping listings. First, they launched in the U.S. in April, and these are going to launch globally mid-October. So just like the U.S. rollout, these will start in the shopping tab before eventually rolling out to the main search results. And if you haven't done it already because you're outside of the U.S. or you're just waiting for an invite, this is your invite right now. Upload your product feeds to Google Merchant Center, and then be sure to opt in to the services on Google program to make your products eligible for these listings. And I always think when we have these stories, like we talked about this so long ago, like how many of our listeners are actually outside the US? Cause I feel like, you know, who cares about me? But I looked it up today. Our most popular YouTube video only had 32% of views in the US. It was um, Google ads giveth, or no, Microsoft giveth, Google ads taketh away. I'm going to ask Jess because I bet Greg already looked this up. <laughs> you know what I did. country <laughs> do you think came in second with 17 percent of the views? Ooh, um, I'm going to go with the UK. No, it was India. Wow. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That is. So India well, hello cares to our about fans me. Fans in India. I know. Hello. Hi. And That's then awesome. the UK and Canada were like the other two that were up there. It's the same in Anchor. UK, Canada, US, and India are like our biggest fan bases. So
3: we love people
0: in those countries, opt into surfaces across Google.
3: Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you.
0: We simply deliver the take for your consumption.
2: We give
3: no opinions. We don't influence.
0: You make the call.
2: And usually these takes come from a person. But not this week. This is something too spicy to pass up from Burger King by way of agency Uncle Gray, G R E Y. Do you spell it G R A Y or E Y?
0: Gray. E-Y. E.
2: Okay. I think I'm an A guy. I don't know why.
1: Of course you are. I think most people are. I think the A is fancier.
2: Okay. Thank you, Jess. Anyway, they created a new social media campaign to promote Burger King's improved customer service along with its new pledge to answer all queries on Facebook within 48 hours. Not that spicy, right? Wrong. Because they did so by targeting McDonald's customers who left complaints and comments on the McDonald's Facebook page. So they went through not only recent messages on the McDonald's page, but messages up to weeks, and months, and in some cases years ago, back to more than 1,000 comments and replied to the messages with a funny answer, arguably a funny answer, and then they gave him a link to redeem a free Whopper. What a move. They said <laughs> it had jumped, Burger King said that they jumped in and decided to lend a helping hand because its closest competitor was not quite on point when it comes to online customer service.
0: That is bad. This that is so, so funny. funny. <laughs> I just Jess, Jess, you like Burger King more, right? Of course, I do. Yeah. That's look gross. at that side eye.
1: Look at that side eye. You could even hear it on the podcast. Have you ever there. had
2: a Diet Coke from McDonald's at drive-through? Like.
0: Oh, now you're making fun of me. It's the best Diet Coke in the world. Burger King has like too big of drinks, and then the ice ratio is off, and it's not as good.
1: I think though that the reason McDonald's Diet Coke is better than Burger King, because I agree with you, it's because of the straw. It's not because of the Coke itself. The straw tastes different.
0: That's a good. I know that's
1: blasphemy. We're not supposed to use straws anymore. So come at me, internet. Yeah,
0: maybe you should message McDonald's, and you'll get a reply from Burger King.
1: Funny, You know that they gave that job to an intern, too, and it's like the most fun assignment they've
0: ever had. I love it. And now it's time for this week's I See Why am I.
2: This is something you
1: just might not have seen.
0: Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people, Jenny Marvin, at Jenny Marvin, tweeted about Google Ads UI changes this week, specifically about the location reporting. And this isn't in everyone's account yet, but Julie Pacini at Neptune Moon replied and said, no, noted that they changed the terminology from physical locations to match locations, which doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But then she linked to this article from Martin Rodgerding. Did I say
2: that? That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: worst. I'm sorry, Martin. I loved your article. Martin Brodgerding, he's from Germany and he's really smart. And he wrote this awesome article about this change in light of the change from regularly in or people who show interest in your targeted locations. And basically this report is just making no guarantees that the people who are clicking on your ads are actually where they say they are anymore. And they made this change, you know, a couple months after They announced that we're now paying for those DSTP fees from UK users. So I just thought this was a really interesting read and everyone should check it out. And it's just another way that they're snatching our data and I hate it.
2: And again, it is absolutely unfathomable that they're doing this. To say to somebody that you're going to be on the hook for these specific fees when you advertise to somebody in a said country and then changing the physical location report to showing matched so you're then are you paying UK taxes on something that's from You could be Spain yeah. like what do you how do you, it's match you can't actually target a country anymore you can't target a location and now you're not even showing me the locations when you make this change to shake more money out of my pockets it's it is it is just you have to I, I feel like I'm on, I'm on drugs. I don't understand what they're doing. It has to be a mole. There has to be a mole in there. I don't know why you would do this. How is this okay? You're not, you're not showing advertisers where things are being displayed now.
0: It's so not okay. And people but you're taxing it.
2: You're getting taxed. You're passing the tax on and now you're not showing advertisers where the ad is being displayed instead of saying it's matched to. It is just so short-sighted. It's—I don't even have words for like. I don't even know. Like, I know everybody by now is probably hung up the the podcast, just hung the phone up on this thing <laughs> because all I do the whole time is try to try to think about why or what or how any of this could happen. You're now rolling out taxes specifically to people in location, and at the same time removing the physical locations you're serving ads to. In what world does this make sense? Is there anything that you could think of other than greed and being disingenuous and hiding data on why you would do this? It is just inc- it, It's incredible. It's incredible. I, I what the f are you doing? Why are you taxing people on a location? And then the sa- like this literally the same week, you're like, I'm gonna take all this information away. I hope I hope it all burns to the ground. <laughs> I hope it all burns to the ground. Burn
1: it like that witch behind Jess. <laughs> You leave her out of this. She's nice.
0: She looks really friendly.
1: <laughs> She's only threatened to cook my baby into stew twice.
0: What? <laughs> okay, I wish you would have said that in an actual conversation that we were including. That was really might.
2: I might put the last part in there. I'm too, I'm I mean, too much. I'm no,
1: just
0: too- People m- like your rants.
1: Okay. Pair it with a collared shirt and
0: people are like, whoa.
1: Okay, I mean, this is-
0: you
1: have to include that too. <clears throat> I miss you guys so much.
3: <laughs> now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts paid, organic, and social.
0: In the paid universe this week, from Stephen Johns at Stephen Johns twenty one on Twitter.
3: Twenty one got another
2: one.
0: Well, you're taking my joke. He actually Sorry. got another three this week. I think. <laughs> of course, he did. <laughs> he says YouTube Ads has new video analytics that allow you to select your ad format, so you can pick skippable in-stream video, discovery or outstream, and segment with age, gender, device, ad group, and campaign right from the video analytics and then he says he also found that you can copy custom intent auto created audiences to video campaigns now no big deal it is a big deal thanks steven steven johns 21 got another free that was and- a good joke oh okay. <laughs> never heard it before <laughs> Power listener, Larry Chase at L Chase on Twitter. He noticed some minor UI reporting changes in Google Ads. The only change he's seeing is that the data columns are now on the right side instead of the left. But after seeing this, anytime they make changes to the columns, I was like holding my breath, waiting for someone to notice that one or two of the columns had disappeared. Um doesn't seem like that's the case so far. And he also notes that this isn't live in all of his accounts. It's not live in mine either. So either a test or slow rollout.
2: Let's just get rid of all the data. Get rid of it all.
0: That seems like it's what they're doing. And next up, Snapchat is pitching a new option to advertisers called Platform Burst. This is a media buy advertisers can use to ensure their campaigns reach certain amount of people in the app frequently over three or five days, so over this time period, Snapchat guarantees advertisers that those campaigns will reach at least forty percent of their target audience fifteen times. there's no fixed price for platform burst campaigns, but Snapchat execs have pitched early iterations at around one hundred thousand pounds we 're all about the Brits this week, I guess with Stephen Johns having three, <laughs> and you can split your campaign into different formats across different parts of the app for this. You could have story ads in the discover section, snap ads in a media company's publisher stories and the TV like Snapchat commercials between Snapchat shows. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> <Barely>. <laughs> Snapchat is just getting so sad. Like. I hope this works for them. And I was just thinking today, like I sent my first Snapchat in forever this week and I sent it to like everyone in my family and I couldn't remember what it was. So I went in to look at my sends and I forgot how Snapchat works because it like doesn't matter to me anymore and I couldn't see it. But I did find this Harry Styles game that I played in 2016, like for some reason this saved and it was like a bald Harry Styles and you could draw hair on him. And I turned him into both of my sisters and you know, those were good times on Snapchat and I just want to bring them back talk about the name of the game you didn't even say it (laughs) it's called harry list styles (laughs) and it's just a bald harry styles and you draw and like my little sister used to wear a lot of headbands so i added like a nice headband to her head um little speech bubble for my other sister we don't have to talk about that and next up reddit is rolling out three flavors of brand safety inventory controls for advertisers standard Mm. expanded and limited I'm really scared of the standard one. I don't think he should pick that
2: on Reddit. If it's anything like Google ads, like, yeah, let's just turn everything. Uh. But anyway, it made me think of a tweet last week and it was from at Google ads. All they do now is tweet their own promotion. And it was from Alan Thysgen, uh head of advertising week. And the name of the post was rethink ready, how to prepare your business for what's next. And apparently Alan's going through and telling everybody advertising week what's most important. Can you guess what he put as the most important thing? Automation. The most important thing of Google ads. Shep, that is a great guess. Jess, do you have the, a guess? Um,
1: optimizing your data.
2: You win, Jess.
0: We don't have any data. Letting
2: Wait. data inform your new product strategy. You're I, kidding. I'm in kidding. a simulation. This is not real life anymore. It's we not don't real. We do have
0: any data. I know.
2: They're taking the data away. They're taking the physical locations away. They're taking the match terms away. You got four out of 94 uh, search terms you can see. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. So Reddit, don't do that. Don't, what do they call it? Use keyword best practices for your standard. I like the, op- I, and I'm sorry, I'm going to fire off this week. I'm done trashing. Anybody else here? It's
0: okay if
1: you're not.
0: Yeah, I don't think you are, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Microsoft Advertising has a new web show called The Download. It's hosted by this really nice French lady named Jennifer in a cool leather jacket. And Jennifer promises insights, trends, and expert interviews all in under a half an hour. Unfortunately, we can't promise that on this show. Um, maybe under an hour and a half if you guys are lucky. Anyway, episode one is up and it's about business recovery. And we will link to it in the show notes. Check out Jennifer. Love to see it. And finally, unpaid Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz92 on Twitter tweeted this week that she couldn't find competitors' ads where they were supposed to be in LinkedIn, which seemed a little spooky season. But luckily, this was a false alarm. They actually just moved. Sanket Jane. At Sankit underscore Jane on Twitter said, Hi, Andrea. It seems that they have moved to a new category of ads under the post section. This is why I love PPC chat, finding answers to questions just when we need them. And now to our new segment, Beyond Google Ads. Because guess what, guys? Google Ads doesn't care about you. But we do. This week we have a special segment from our very own. Jess Bud about Microsoft Advertising, and I think she's going to get some assistance from her witch friend. <laughs> all right.
1: So a couple weeks ago, we broke the news that Microsoft Advertising's audience ads were available to all US advertisers, and that to get start started, you could just import your Google Display campaigns. We encourage you to do so. If you didn't, we did. So now that we've had a chance to try it, I am here to caution you that as with anything Microsoft advertising, there are a few key ways that it does differ from Google ads. So you can't just set it and forget it, but we wouldn't tell you to do that anyway. So if you're willing to give these a shot, just have a couple tidbits for you to keep in mind. One, unless you're using Microsoft supported DMPs, your only targeting options with audience ads right now are remarketing and in-market audiences. So if you import your Google campaigns, in-market seem to import just fine, but double check anyway. And just a heads up, they do by default add a 15% bid adjustment to that. So get rid of it if that's not what you wanted. As for your remarketing campaigns, they will import with the exception of the actual audience associations, you'll need to manually add those in in your Microsoft account. When it comes to ad formats, the only available ad format so far is responsive display ads. And these again, will import from Google but there is only room for one headline and one description. So if you have multiple headlines and descriptions um, in your Google responsive display ads, only the first one is going to pull in when you import into Microsoft and that's it. So double check your messaging and make sure you're happy with the way your ads read. And here's the big one. There's no category level setting to control where your ads are shown in Microsoft audience ads. So there are placement exclusions that you can add but they have to be added manually at the campaign level, one URL at a time. So this is scary in theory, but so far in my experience, the placements have all been wholesome enough, but obviously it's crucial to still go in and check these regularly and exclude sites that don't fit your brand. And you can do so using the website URL publisher report in Microsoft Advertising. So. Yes, importing everything from Google saves you time and energy to get started, but as with anything, you need to check everything before you go live and closely monitor and evaluate performance once you do. Don't expect things to behave the same way as they do on Google, because at the end of the day, it's not Google, but no reason not to try. Audience ads on Microsoft, try it out. Keep these tips in mind, good luck.
0: Love it. So if you're as mad at Google as we are, um, Mm -hmm. less rant, more Microsoft audience ads. (laughs) <laughs> What's happening on Organic, Greg?
2: All right. First up this week, you can now, and you might have been able to before, but I saw the official announcement that you can now hook up Data Studio to Google Surveys. Google Surveys are a great tool that are free. My biggest issue with data with Google Surveys where it was hard to parse through all the data. It wasn't a great look, but you can now take all that information and put it into Data Studio, which is really cool. If we were a Real podcast, we probably would have done a survey and then showed you how cool the integration is. But maybe Burger King Sweden will swoop in here and help us out. <laughs> all right, next up, Apple has a change coming after Facebook issued a statement saying that businesses would be able to keep all earnings minus applicable taxes from those paid online events that we reported on about a month ago over on Facebook. Facebook made that announcement and then asked Apple to waive those fees to help small businesses being impacted by COVID. And in true fall fashion, Apple denied it, crushed it, and turned it into a puddle of cider. And we're going to charge the 30%, but they've had a change at their core and temporarily have waived 30% commission that is paid, that they are collecting all paid events and live streamed experiences. So that includes Facebook and Airbnb. The suspension of fees is significant because it typically doesn't let app developers process payments in in in-app purchases or use third-party services at all for security. So, And it turns out that Google will also be taking a bite out of Apple Styles as Google has agreed to waive its 30% commission on in-app purchases in the Android version of Facebook. Well, if you like free things, you might not like Google's next policy here because Google said on Monday that it's going to go back to full Apple and enforce rules that require app developers distributing Android software in the Google Play Store to use its in-app payment system. This move means that developers who have had customers pay them directly with a credit card for any content will now have to use Google's billing system and that takes a 30% fee from its payments. So something to note if you have an app. Next up, Google's Danny Sullivan published an explainer page on Google that provided details on how Google selects certain kinds of featured snippets, and really like kind of recent featured snippets. So he says, critical context like time and place helps us understand what you're really looking for. This is particularly true for featured snippets, a feature in search that highlights pages that our systems determine are likely a great match for your search. I read this and this is just so sad. This is not a Danny Sullivan article. It's not fun. It's not funny. It's just.
0: Maybe the AI wrote it for him.
2: It, it, it reads like AI. It reads like there's a, a Google PR team and there's a thousand levels of PR and Danny writes a brilliant piece and it's funny and people are laughing and understanding it and it turns into this garbage. And it's just sad. I have mean, a
0: conspiracy theory. Maybe he, when he went on that cruise, that Star Trek cruise, at the same time you went on the SS Corona, maybe he just didn't come back. He's still at sea.
2: The, it's it's possible, though. It seems like he is very much on land and like marathoning and everything now. And Danny's the best, and I truly love him. So I just am sad. I just I love old Danny. the The, the conferences, he was like a stand up and. His old articles are just so conversational and you really get them. I don't know, but now it's just AI, whatever. Anyway, Google is reportedly getting sued by the U.S. Justice Department next week due to antitrust. Good. Bring it. Burn it like that witch behind you, Jess. (laughs) Continuing on, Google had a video on YouTube with Martin Split and Barry Schwartz of Search Engine Roundtable and Search Engine Land and SEO myth busting. And they talked about what it depends actually means. And guess what? It depends means it depends about feature snippets, stealing traffic, transparency, SEOs twisting Google's words, which we they all do. They all do. I almost identified it as SEO. Wasn't that bad? Um,
0: <laughs> I'm not an SEO.
2: And SEOs twisting Google's words and a lot more. So if you're interested in all that, and the relationship between SEOs and Google, go watch it. Good for you. <laughs> and non-laughing news. Unfortunately, there were some very distasteful, and that's even an understatement. But I don't, I can't, sw- I can't swear on this show. So it's just a very distasteful memes that were showing for specific terms, and. Google's Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison Twitter handle said, it was noticed today that hateful memes appear in search results for Jewish baby strollers. We apologize. These don't reflect our opinions. We try to show content matching all key terms searched for as people normally want. But for, quote, data voids, unquote, like this, it can be problematic, dot, dot, dot. For baby strollers, there's lots of helpful content. For this, there's not. That's not surprising. It's not likely a topic normally searched for, nor an actual product that's marketed. There's a, quote, void, end quote, of good content to surface that matches what was asked for. Some have asked when these results will be removed. We only remove web-based results for extremely limited reasons, and links over to those reasons. You see it in the show notes. In cases like this where we don't have a policy that covers removal, we work to see if there are ways to surface more helpful content. Working to improve our results generally takes more time, but helps ensure any improvements work overall, not just for one situation, but many. These images may also be removed if the sites hosting them remove them. If that happens, content drops out naturally over time. To say there was an uproar about this was an understatement. I saw people saying they were gonna slap the taste out of Danny's mouth. It was really, really bad. Now, I get it. The results are bad. They're very bad at memes out there. It's not like you're going to do what Danny said in his last tweet and say like, oh, yeah, go remove those images, <laughs> you hateful site. Like, they're not going to care. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's important to look at reality on reality's terms. I'd say that a lot sometimes. But Danny worked off of the Google side for decades, right? And when he was at Search Engine Land not similar, but, but related, there was an issue with a Holocaust denial site, ranking number one for a term about did the Holocaust happen. And as a member of the SEO community at the time, I'm going to pull 2016 Danny Sullivan to see how they match up with 2020 Danny Sullivan. So this is from an article on Search Engine Land called Official. Google makes change results are no longer in denial over did the Holocaust happen back in December 2016. And Danny said, in particular, the denial site remains in the listings, a sign it hasn't been penalized. That would have been problematic for Google because it really doesn't have a good policy to pull or penalize sites for this type of reason. Except say in Germany, where there are laws against Holocaust denial. If it sounds crazy that Google couldn't just pull a site for pushing the horrible fiction that the Holocaust never happened, I strongly encourage you to read my story from last week on the topic. Google pulling sites for not being able to prove things could lead to it having to do stuff like banning religious sites, which are built on the foundation of faith. Google needs a comprehensive, defendable policy. It needs an algorithm that can better cope with the amount of post-truth content that's been growing. It also needs to work across a multitude of queries, not just whatever happens to get spotted. Coming up with that seemed like a process that would take several weeks, especially watching how Google had dealt with similar type issues. So Danny's seen that need for a policy for a while. And in an additional site, when the site was removed back in 2016, Danny made the following statement as a member of Search Engine Land, saying, also easier for it to happen because frankly, this isn't a popular search. Very few people do it. And at the time, there's a report from The Guardian. And Danny says, the Guardian reporter who started running those ads, tapping into Google's own data, found it happened about 10,000 times per month, or about 300 times per day. In contrast, people search for Holocaust worldwide around 15,000 times per day. Google itself handles 5.5 billion searches per day. In short, this search rarely happens. Additionally, Danny goes on back in 2016, you can see all the links to the, the old articles in the show notes saying, it's horrible that Google had the denial site showing up tops for, did the Holocaust happen? It has serious work to do to clean up many of its results. It deserves to remain under the spotlight as it grapples with this problem. It deserves to face criticism if it claims a fix that doesn't work as advertised. But everyone deserves for the issue to be covered without stretching the truth, especially ironic when we're talking about improving the truth in results. As you heard Danny from the SEO community side of things saying that there should be a policy, I think he probably would say the same thing here today. And unfortunately, there hasn't been one in place, but hopefully there will be one soon. All right, and next up from Mike Blumenthal over at gatherup.com, how to get a wacko Google review removed. We've had this a few times where some absolutely insane review comes through. I've never seen an article this good that talks about the steps you need to take to get that removed. Check it out over on gatherup.com in the show notes. Next up, Prime Day has been announced. It is officially October 13th and the 14th this year. They're going to be the Amazon incredible savings. I always get just overwhelmed by Prime Day. I feel like their site's hard to use. But one thing that you may like as a marketer is they're also supporting small. So from September 28th to October 12th, if you spend $10 on select small business products, you will earn ten dollars to spend on prime day and that is exclusively for prime members so i like that little touch on top of prime day and hopefully it helps out small business that is it for organic jess what's happening in social
1: first up here in social from social media today's andrew hutch coming in clutch thank you mark (laughs) with new advertising. I stole it, but I listened last week. I just Yeah, you guys yeah, to know. No, actually, it to it's,
0: it's important because we didn't really believe that you listened before, but now we know. I know. Now you know. <laughs> All right. So Andrew has
1: news that advertisers will rejoice over. Pinterest is adding more ad slots, new ad slots ahead of the holidays. Advertisers will soon be able to place ads in Pinterest lens matches in the shop tab within search and in shopping matches on pins. So these new ad slots will be available first in the US and the UK, and they're rolling out over time. So if you don't see them yet, don't worry. Um, Hopefully it won't be too long though, because as you see, Halloween is already here, which means it's basically Christmas Eve and people should be shopping already for the holidays. In addition, (laughs) I'm I'm trying to
0: get this year over I'm
1: pushing it along. (laughs) In addition to the cool new ad opportunities, Pinterest also said they're gonna have new conversion insights coming to Pinterest verified merchants so that they can see how both their paid and organic pins impact sales performance. There's great stuff. Andrew's got a cool GIF in his article. We'll have it in the show notes too that show what those insights are. There's actual like numbers and data and it's insights is a light word. This is This looks like analytics to me. It's really nice. So continuing on the Andrew Hutchinson train here, Facebook launches Account Center to better connect its cross data and payment systems. So Account Center is being launched first as a limited test, but it'll offer three types of account linking across Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger. So you'll be able to share your stories and your posts across those platforms, which you can already pretty much do with a few exceptions. You'll be able to log in across all of your accounts, which Andrew wisely notes that if you have login saved on your device, this really isn't anything for you. The big one here is authorizing payments via Facebook pay. So it'll make it a lot easier for people and a much more seamless experience to shop, shop, shop without having to drop, drop, drop from the app they're in and and log in somewhere else. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Thank you. LinkedIn announced this week that they are launching updates to specialties in their marketing partner program. So basically anyone looking for a third-party tool or vendor in the partners directory can now do so based on the type of services that they need from said vendor, which is really nice. So things like content and creative, campaign management, lead gen reporting, and more. And that's really exciting for anyone that uses that. This this is the only story we had about LinkedIn. But um, speaking of LinkedIn stories, I think we have a voicemail from Power Listener Cypress North Zone Jill Fetcher, right? Power Watcher. She's a
0: YouTube viewer. Oh,
1: you're right. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hi friends, it's your favorite LinkedIn enthusiast, Jill Fetcher from Cypress North, and I'm here with my hot take on LinkedIn stories. So I've been using LinkedIn stories and testing it out a bit to see how it goes. My first one was a video of myself saying that I was going to test out LinkedIn stories, and my second one was a photo of my work from home space labeled with what I thought were little funny captions of things around my desk. So... The downside of the LinkedIn app is that it doesn't have great functionality for making your stories creative. There's only two font choices. There's no filters available to make sure that your selfie videos look nice, so you have to make sure your lighting is just right, and you can't tag anyone else in your stories. So hopefully they'll release some new features soon, and we can get more creative with our stories and stand out from all of the blah business memes.
2: I, I wish what I, what I look like right now was a business filter from LinkedIn <laughs> with this
4: collared shirt. But let's
2: hear what Jill has to say about the positives.
4: Okay, now for the positive side of LinkedIn stories. I actually heard from a few connections in my network that I haven't talked to in a while. Someone reached out to me that I knew from before I came to Cypress North that I hadn't seen in about two years. We ended up chatting back and forth a little bit on LinkedIn Messenger to catch up and we decided to have a call later this week to see if there's any opportunities to work together because we're both in different roles since the last time we talked. So I call that a win. Overall, while it's like the 100th app to introduce stories, it felt a little bit lame at first, I think it could be a good way to get in front of your professional network. I think that everyone likes to work with someone they like and so this is a tool that can help me get to know my contacts better and let them get to know me a little bit better. So our relationship automatically feels more personal when we go to talk about business. So overall, I like it and I will keep you guys posted. That's She's such a
0: LinkedIn person to say that. She sells it well, man. She's yeah. like,
1: like, I she would be like, uses... go ahead, Jeff.
0: I would, say, I would be like, oh, I heard from someone from two years ago. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Yeah, but she uses LinkedIn like
1: the way you're supposed to, right? She actually uses it to network yeah. and talk to people and share things. Like she uses it for real where the rest of us are just like, guess we have to have a profile. Yeah. So, well, not to speak for you guys, but no, I th- I think she sold it well. If you're actually trying to use LinkedIn, maybe it's nice.
2: And I tried to use it and I used a picture of the weekend when I was on a hike and then I put <laughs> Work hard, play hard. I used every LinkedIn sticker and nobody liked it. You can see that. Oh, I
1: would have liked it if I saw it, but you know, I didn't see it. I know.
4: But (laughs) I I
2: also, I I will make an amendment to your statement that the best, the only good thing to happen in 2020 was Google shopping going organic. We got Jill on our team. I didn't say it
0: was the only good thing. Oh, I thought you said said it was the only good thing. No, there are other things. Yeah, but Jill's definitely a good thing.
2: Jill, Jill's
1: the only other
0: Better thing. Better than um, shopping. My Harry Slack candles a good thing. It's
2: a little too much of a good thing if you ask me. <laughs>
1: uh, no, mine was a hit when everyone came over for my son's birthday party. Everyone was like, what's that candle? What is that? And I had to like tell you them You made me it.
0: so jealous that I didn't get the one you got. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> all right, let's move on here. Friends, do you remember a few months ago when Twitter started prompting people to read an article before retweeting it? Yes. remember talking about that? Well, guess what? It's working. According to Twitter, there has been a 33% increase in users clicking on an article link before retweeting it.
0: So that's nice. Nothing like shame as a motivator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I call it a warning, but you can call it shame. Speaking of shame from a social network, LinkedIn, oh, I guess we have another LinkedIn story here. Oh well, LinkedIn is launching some new measures to help keep everyone behaving professionally and respectfully like Jill. On the platform. So this includes notifications to users whose content has been removed due to a policy violation and warnings on messages that could contain harassing content they make it easy to report with a single tap. So That's nice. And to finish here with news from the campaign trail slash White House internet. The saga of TikTok Inc. et al. v. Trump et al. continues. The ban of the app that was scheduled to go into effect on Monday was delayed per the U.S. federal court which if you use TikTok, I'm sure you noticed because you're still using it. On the other side, Joe Biden this week called for Facebook users to, quote, stop the spread of viral misinformation and blatant attempts of voter suppression, end quote, and to, quote, demand Facebook be held accountable for threatening our democracy, end quote. And he did this via a sponsored post
0: on Yeah, Facebook. he did it on <laughs> Facebook. This is Just like- paying him money. <laughs> big, this is like our biggest episode ever where um the one I talked about earlier, Microsoft ads giveth, Google ads taketh away on YouTube. We're complaining about Google the whole time and that like the biggest traffic source to it is Google News. <laughs> it's like, okay, oh, Joe.
1: I just love it. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to read the whole thing, we'll have it in the show notes. But yeah, he paid for that. He gave Facebook money.
3: And that brings us to our real-life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise.
0: I have a quick one. Um, Usually we talk about scroll-to-text, that structured snippet highlight feature when Glenn Gabe has another update about it, but I didn't know that (laughs) if you sent the URL to like a friend or colleague... um, it stays highlighted and I just think that's so awesome for when you're like trying to prove somebody right um, in an argument and it's just right there highlighted, like, hey, I'm right. Um, So that's just really cool and all the more reason to try to be a structured snippet in your content. Thanks, Google. Beautiful, I've got a, a
1: working hard this week too. The Facebook ads interface, for one thing, worked without a hiccup for me all week. So I'm celebrating that along with celebrating Halloween. But the bigger thing that I noticed when I was in there, we are targeting a whole bunch of very specific addresses for locations of businesses. And we're targeting a radius around those. We have about 400 that we're targeting. And Facebook has a bulk import, I don't even want to call it a tool. You basically can just like copy paste a list, but it lets you bulk import locations up to 200 at a time. And you can include the radius when you do that. And it has all the other radius targeting, like 10, 15, 25, all the usual options right in there. You don't have to add it then later. It's just really, really easy to use. I've never had to use it before. It's probably been there for a while, but really, really handy. So I'm shipping Facebook ads this week for once.
2: All right, and for me, you heard it last week from Justin Jewell over on the Web Stories (laughs) team that there was a new plugin. I'm here to confirm that if you were somebody that was frustrated by the Web Stories beta plugin that Google announced roughly two months ago because it didn't have Google Analytics built in, you are going to love the new tool that's out of beta because there is a spot to put in your UA code. And the wonderful Sarah Burke from our team here at Cypress North discovered this, even though she doesn't listen to the show. I have to give her credit because she figured this out. So if you were have the beta version, upgrade it. The new version allows you to
3: track analytics. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. I'm
0: like, who does that? <laughs> Just
3: get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W. T. H. This week.
0: There is a new Bangalore based startup. Hello to all of our listeners in Bangalore. Uh, startup platform that uses the same technology behind deep fakes to allow brands to create personalized video sales pitches at scale. So we talk about a lot of these creepy deep fakes and AI things all the time. What I thought was interesting about this one is, okay, so the idea is the tool uses text-to-speech artificial intelligence to narrate input text in a natural sounding manner with a selected tone of voice then syncs it to lip movement and facial expressions of any of its present preset human models. So we talk about this creepy stuff all the time. Of course, none of them sound real. They look a little creepy. It's that uncanny valley. But the example they use in the story is a video of Barack Obama using Siri's voice. And it's like they're trying to be like, oh, we know, they say in the article, we know that People are scared of the, you know, the claim of deep fake technology and we don't want them to be creeped out. We're gonna have like all these policies to protect people. Why would you use a president as an example as your spokesperson, if that's what you're doing? Like, nope, obviously you can't hire a fake Barack Obama to represent your brand. Just don't put that in the video. <laughs> like you're dumb.
2: I want a deep fake generator view, you, Shep. So yeah. the, when you'd say those okay. naughty things like I had to bleep out last week, I can then put you in and say something like messed up instead of whatever it was you said. Oh,
0: I forgot to address this, everyone. I did not curse on the show last week. And everyone knows that.
1: What did you say? Because the word was bleeped.
0: I think messing.
1: Messing, yeah. (laughs) 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 That's the most innocent thing ever.
2: (laughs) I like it. I got my own little deepfake generator here.
0: And then they talk about how the founders want to use this for celebrities in the future. Like, you're a celebrity and you sign up and then you could have personalized ads with people's names and stuff. Celebrities just don't do that. You're opening yourself up to a lot of hurt, I feel like. They no, could put any cameo. words in your mouth.
2: Yeah, that's what cameos for. Yeah. So what you said, Jess?
1: Yeah, and then yeah. they can make their own money and they don't make have to pay money. this company. Yeah. Get one of make money, say your own words.
3: And now for this week's cool tool as a reminder our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention we're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really really cool
1: this week's cool tool is block yourself from analytics from igorware.com this handy little chrome extension allows you to block your visits to websites that you manage from google analytics which is a true gift to marketers in the age of remote work Used to be you could just block your office IP, but we all know that that doesn't quite cut it at the moment. So you can have your whole team install the extension and pow, quote, internal traffic is filtered once again. So we will have the link in the show notes at marketingclock.com or you can just search for Block Yourself from Analytics in the Chrome Web Store and check it out.
3: Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing
2: article of the week comes from BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe. And Glenn had a, a an article that was Halloween-themed Yeah. called Google's Found on the Web Mobile Serp Feature. Love
0: the image.
2: A knowledge graph and carousel Frankenstein that's hard to ignore. <laughs> it all started one dark and dreary night. We're in BFF of the show. Glenn Gabe was in full Halloween getup and looking to finish up a project from a client, and he noticed some big differences in performance when comparing mobile to desktop. What do you think he dressed as for Halloween? What okay, do you think I'm he's gonna? Be? Think so? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know.
1: An I think SEO
2: he'd be something nice like a pumpkin. <laughs> a Pumpkin. <laughs> I, like what would Glenn be for Halloween? Yeah.
0: I think he would go as an SEO wear a collared shirt and complain about a lot of
2: stuff. He should go from Gary's Google and just start, just take uh, with him a pile of pictures of him making gourmet food. <laughs> Nobody ever know the difference. <laughs> anyway, Glenn goes on and talks about the fact that clicks and click the rate were much lower on mobile than desktop for certain queries. And when he was checking the mobile SERPs for those queries, he found the monster something he called the Frankenstein SERP feature. But in all seriousness, he has a bunch of examples of what might have been once called found on the web, but now have kind of different titles depending on the query. And some of the examples are downright spooky. If you look on YouTube or go to his post and read it, which you should, you can see the results for best companies to work for. And not only are there a list of companies, weird that Google's on there, on a Google mm-hmm. search, but when you click on one of the listings, you get a carousel of cards that is exposed. So you don't go anywhere. You click on, in his example, click on Salesforce, and then you can scroll through all the good things that are being said about Salesforce. And what he's seen from this is a drop in click the rate, obviously, Another one that was really egregious was baseball teams in Korea. It shows the entire listing of a lot of teams. And then you can keep on scrolling through and see more information about any of the teams you click on without ever leaving Google. And if you want more information, he covers where the carousel listings are coming from, what's the performance impact, when that found on the web is Actually, in the SERP talks about the Google Search Console performance stats and how you cannot miss an opportunity if this matters to you. He also has very nice Halloween costume tips and Google Search Console ch- tracking. I added the Halloween tips. Yeah, though. I
0: thought I was no. gonna say.
2: No, he doesn't have anything there. But thank you, Glenn. All
0: right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing o'clock.
2: Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingaclock.com.
1: And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.
0: And we will see you next week.
3: Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal podcast network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode.
0: week, shooting the heck we're after our famous friday news show we don't talk about marketing anymore we just
2: shoot the heck
0: okay today we're gonna play a game it's just all right i don't think it's anyone's favorite number one it's poke holes
2: this this is my favorite game
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is the game where i have a few ideas um they're amazing ideas they're gonna change the world and you guys are gonna tell me how good they are right
1: okay sure okay
0: so these are all about um, spooky season. It's a little different this year, as we know, with you know the global pandemic and all, but I have some unique creative solutions that are gonna make everyone just more comfortable and you know celebrate the season. Okay. Here's my first idea. You don't want, you know, we all have trick-or-treaters, but we don't want them coming like right up to our door. You can't reach into someone's candy basket from six feet away. I think that we should all have candy slingshots and the kids can have like long sticks to ring the doorbell from far away. And then we can fire our candy slingshots at the children and they can try to catch it or they can just get um, a little bruise.
2: Yep. I don't use this word a lot, but brilliant. This is a brilliant idea. Now, You think so? I think we need a little refinement towards it. I might say we call it lacrosse-a-ween, where you could take it in a lacrosse and you just like sling some candy at the kids, call them Brad and be on your way. Like lacrosse.
0: to lacrosse lately. <laughs> no,
2: I love it. I love it. You need the distancing, but people need to trick-or-treat. I love where the, the heart where this is coming from. It's yeah. hard to poke holes in this, except maybe for the brews and lawsuits yeah. and all that.
1: Have you ever been to a parade? Throwing candy is dangerous. Also, I would just like to improve on your idea. What that parades stick- have you been to? I have
2: never, <laughs> I've been with two-year-olds and I've never seen that dangerous candy throwing parade. People
1: with like firewalls, they're hard. It's not, and then everything shatters everywhere. And then your yard is a mess. I think we just take that. Where do stick- you
2: live? Where do you live?
1: By the trash heap, remember? Uh. The
0: full address. <laughs>
1: Let me give my idea. Wait, you okay. take that long stick for ringing the doorbell, but you turn it into one of those gopher grips and it also accepts the
0: candy. Oh no. What if you drop it in between while bringing it back in?
1: Oh, we need the slingshot.
0: In. It makes it a little more fun, you know, spooky season. If you can dodge candy, you can dodge ball. I, I think you need the slingshot. It's important.
1: <laughs> All right. Pat just a little hand.
0: Okay. My next idea. I just think Maybe this will just be for me personally. I don't think this is something that everyone should do, but I just think if you want to be the most popular house on the street, be a little timely and give out some mini hand sanitizer bottles or some nice antibacterial wet naps instead of candy. The kids will love it. The kids will drink it.
2: This, 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 I I take back everything I said, Chet. This is a terrible idea. Not only are the kids going to drink it, but I've seen those, those TLC shows about people being addicted to weird things—they all get drunk when they drink that. This is a terrible idea. And imagine poor little Jimmy from down the street comes up. You pull out your slingshot, and instead <laughs> of like a nice little maybe popcorn ball that would, would be absorbed, you're shooting plastic sanitizer. He gets hit right in the eye socket with a Germex shot. This is terrible.
4: I'm not aiming for Jimmy's eye. That's when it
0: happens, is when you're aiming elsewhere. (laughs) Okay, I think that's a great idea. Okay, so next I think they're obviously gonna make some Halloween costume like face safety masks. I mean, it's just the market is there, right? Somebody just needs to do it. I think we should start an Etsy shop for like really creepy ones that look like your mouth is like sewn shut or like all bloody. Like I love when people's Halloween costumes are just spooky like that and just make it really realistic, scare the kids when they come to your house.
2: I hate this idea. I <laughs> what do you hate mean? it so much. Because it's not scary. Like, <laughs> shop, the idea is right in front of you and you just missed it. What? The idea is you have a, such a realistic mask and you put it on and it looks so real and it is just a human's face, but it's actually covering your mouth. But it's just a human face and it doesn't look like you have a mask on. Like, that's terrifying. So how
0: that's is that scary? scary? They'll just think you're not wearing you got wearing... COVID. Oh! Yeah, you're right. Luann kind of did that on the Real Housewives finale.
2: That would be the most terrifying thing ever if somebody that showed up to your house without a mask on.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, maybe. But Shep, I like your idea. It's very creative. If people yeah. face paint. Now you don't have to. just.
0: Yeah. Okay, one last one. So haunted houses are obviously, like, not a thing this year because... Everyone loves when like those people that you don't know jump out and touch you and you have to sign a waiver. It's just like so fun. Um, I think this year we should have VR haunted houses and they can be, you know, things that are really scary nowadays. So like you're walking down a grocery store aisle and people are walking towards you. (laughs) Someone at the table is across from you licking their fingers, you know, someone coming in for a hug, close talkers, especially if they have dragon's breath like Greg. These are the simulations that would really spook people. And I think we should get into the spirit and all take part in a virtual haunted house.
1: Or you could just come to my house and hang out with this witch, but you can't because you have to stay six feet away from me.
2: <laughs> well, I, 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 it's really hard to poke holes in this. Yeah. But the only thing is haunted houses like aren't traumatic. What you're saying, if you got to watch it over and over again, is traumatic. Yeah. and like, that's my only worry, but- that is a gold idea right there.
0: Okay, well, I'm so glad that you guys like my ideas and we'll have to test them out on Halloween and see how it goes.
2: Watch out for the germ coming at your head if you go to Shep's <laughs> house.
0: And we'll see you next week. Whoop.